0: Welcome to my Euro specials. Adriano Del Monte is a Milan-based Italian-Australian sports television presenter, event host and journalist uh, who most notably became the first Australian to present for the Be In Sports Network at its international headquarters. Won many accolades, uh, selected as FIFA's The Best Awards Green Carpet Show host in 2019. Adriano commenced his career at a very young age in the UK, The Guardian, ESPN, Sky Sports. He's covered the 2010, 2014 and 2018 FIFA World. Cups and I'm talking interviewing some of the world's biggest stars like uh, Messi, Mourinho, Serena Williams, Buffon, Del Piero, Figo and Valentino Rossi. He can currently be seen on Sony Sports India for the Euro 2020. So if you catch the football extra show and uh, the live coverage on Sony 10, 2, and Sony 10.3, Adriano will be a familiar face. I hope you're, you're safe and healthy and your family is safe and healthy and you've got your vaccines, Adriano
1: thank you for having me i am safe healthy and well and been very fortunate and lucky with the sony sports india team to be traveling around europe covering what has been a, an incredible tournament it's been a lot of fun but certainly and doing well a little bit tired but i hope you're well and, and everyone there as well
0: thanks for checking in we're, we're fine let's look at that england denmark semi-final adriano would you say Damsgaard's glorious free kick to get past the english wall and pickford was one of the goals of the tournament often you know in some sides lose. We obsess about the winning side, but you got to hand it out to the Danes.
1: Well, absolutely. Of course, their story is well documented over the course of the tournament. And when Damsgaard scored that goal, I was right behind it. So had the perfect view inside the stadium. Very lucky to be there, of course. But look, the Danes showed it. They they grew obviously. They grew throughout the tournament. Obviously, we know that uh, what, what took place in their opening match with Christian Eriksen, and fortunately, uh, well, a better ending than than we had imagined at the time. But the Danes, the spirit they played with, I did cover them a couple of times, and it was inspiring to see. And obviously, in the end, they scored a wonderful goal at Wembley in the semi final, which was the first goal that England had conceded for the entire tournament. But also, unfortunately, it wasn't enough as they were they were out. And well, somewhat controversial circumstances. But I think the Danes will look back on Euro 2020 very fondly in the end. Uh, Well, an opportunity for them now to perhaps grow on this and go into next year's World Cup bigger and better for it.
0: I also thought till the penalty shootout, Adriano, Schmeichel was remarkable in goal for Denmark. He blocked a close-range attempt from Sterling, terrific one-handed stop uh, from Harry Maguire, uh, then repelling a low Kane shot early on and bounding away a Jack Grealish drive. Your thoughts on Schmeichel now that you've been seeing him through the tournament?
1: Watching him live, you get an even greater appreciation for the impact and the role that he plays. I was pitch side at times watching him play as well throughout the tournament and it's it's the presence. He may not be the biggest goalkeeper in terms of physical stature in the world, they've certainly been taller, but it's, it's his presence, the quality of the saves, of course, but he if anyone in that Danish side deserved to win, it was he in that semi-final his performance was quite incredible the leadership from the last line of course it was very clearly on show and that despite a a 60,000 England strong crowd you could still hear him he was still his presence was certainly felt and his performance personally for me deserved more than elimination in the semi-final so a special tournament for him
0: True that Harry Kane is now the leading scorer for England at Euro and World Tournaments Uh, I mean Gary Lineker is an English legend and he's up there with the best but started off this euro a little flat would not you agree, Adriano?
1: I would agree. I would agree. I think he. I think his performance. Well, look, he's a world-class player for good reason. He's scored for club and country. He's a sensational player. I love watching Harry Kane play. But as England have grown into the tournament, so has Harry Kane, and and there's no surprise with that whatsoever. Of course, England. Well, that that goal they conceded against Denmark was the first they have. For me, they haven't had the toughest run to the final at this point. But the team has come together like it has been for every national team. Really difficult circumstances. circumstances. Circumstances coming into this tournament off the back of a difficult. Covid interrupted a couple of seasons. Keep in mind, an English team, of course, that had well, there were two Premier League clubs in the Champions League final, so a few players who were a little later than some other nations to arrive to the respective national team camps. And look, Harry Kane at the top, the number nine for this England team. He's he requires some some synergy between the remainder of the team for he to be involved, despite all of his quality. And look, he's a he's a world class player for good reason. As I said, great to see him get on the score sheet again. Personally, very happy for him, but he will need to play a big, big role if he and England are to win the trophy this weekend.
0: The redemption of Raheem Sterling, let's talk of that, considering how much the English media have been going at him. Unfairly so, I feel, Adriano. He's been super in this tournament, hasn't he? Almost as though he's got a, got a point to prove time and again.
1: Well, always unfairly so for me. Some of the local media, I've been here now in London for the last few days, spent a lot of time here in the past as well. That local media criticism, particularly on their own players, does not help. And I mean, an indifferent season for Raheem in the Premier League with Manchester City, we know that. But he's a quality player And and always has been A quality player And it's great to see him Well for me If England are to win The final He's the player of the tournament Which I don't think Anyone would have predicted Coming in So Another player who has certainly performed, particularly for club, at at the higher levels quite consistently over time. He's he's certainly a player who who Gareth Southgate does rely on quite a lot. And we saw that again. He, for me, along with Harry Maguire from set pieces, but he, for me, was quite clearly their main avenue, their main threat to goal. And again, looking forward to the weekend, I think Raheem Sterling and certainly the pace looking to potentially get in behind the very stubborn Italian defence. Again, like Kane, he must perform well for England to win. And as I said, I think if England do win, he will be the player of the tournament.
0: Andy Mitten and Isha have given us a perspective of how be- buzzing Wembley Stadium has been so I want to talk to you about some of the other venues Adriano the Stadio Olimpico in Rome your time spent in that stadium any special memories on the pitch off it at these Euros so we'll go venue by venue we'll start with the Stadio Olimpico
1: well the Stadio Olimpico if if you haven't been before it's one of the most incredible stadiums in in world football I was chatting with Andy actually before the Italy Spain first semi-final he's covered a few games I obviously live in Italy and have been there many many times and despite the notion of there being an athletics track around the stadium and people think perhaps the atmosphere isn't so so strong once you're inside that it is essentially the Colosseum of world football yes there weren't 60,000 fans as we saw at Wembley but the passion and just the noise in that stadium even with just 15,000 fans is, is something that must be experienced by any football fan in the world and I can tell you the added significance for Italy coming into this tournament off the back of missing the 2018 World Cup and just that extra level of desire and hunger from the Italian players, the Italian coaching staff, and particularly the Italian fans, it made it extra special to certainly for me personally as well, to witness Italy play in an international tournament in these circumstances, off the back of what has taken place. And of course as well, that the impact of COVID in Italy was another layer of real significance. And the it was, a, it was a special opportunity for me personally to witness Italy play all three group games and obviously without conceding and winning all three it was incredible.
0: Let's move to the Alliance Arena in Munich. You were there for the Italy Germany game. Describe the atmosphere and everything that was happening uh, there, Adriano.
1: Italy Belgium, the, the quarterfinal. The I quarterfinal, covered that yeah. one there. Covered Germany, Portugal as well in the group stage. A, a simply beautiful stadium. A, a stadium I have covered Champions League football at before, so nothing new to me on that front. But obviously, Italy's performance against Belgium in the quarterfinal were one of. Oh, there have been so many potential matches of the tournament, but special memory watching that one there. and Or Germany in Portugal as well was a was a really great game and again another one of the stadiums that only had 12 or thirteen thousand so perhaps not the not the best atmosphere that we've seen across the tournament but look nevertheless Munich a beautiful beautiful city it is a the, the stadium modern wonderful and went full as good as it gets so some special matches that I was very fortunate to see there with the Germany Portugal 4-2 and that that Italy uh, 2-1 win over Belgium.
0: Let's move uh, to the Arena Naționala in Bucharest. Any memories from games there in this Euro?
1: Well, the game I was fortunate to watch there in Bucharest was the game of the tournament. It was the France-Switzerland game and that is unlike anything I have seen before. The Fortunately for me, the capacity was lifted for that match. So there were 50% inside. The most beautiful stadium I saw in terms of just everything, the colour, the atmosphere, the passion, the, the, the stadium itself, quite Beautiful there as well. And look, this match itself, I think, will be remembered by so many. Obviously, Switzerland eliminating the favourites, the world champions, in incredible circumstances, a match where Switzerland took the lead, then missed a penalty to go 2-0. And well, after Benzema went down the other end, scored a couple of goals in quick time, and then they made it 3-1 with Pogba's phenomenal goal. Surely it was all over, but it wasn't Switzerland get back, 3-3, goes to penalties. And that, for me, was the most exciting match that that I've seen Well, possibly live in an international sense ever. It was quite remarkable.
0: Wow, that's saying a lot. There was a full house at the Pushkas Arena in Budapest. Recount what you felt and what you saw there.
1: Well, that was the first time that I had been in a full stadium, or certainly with that many fans inside a stadium since pre-COVID. The last match I did pre-COVID was El Clásico, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Santiago Bernabeu. You can expect, you can understand how good that would have been in terms of the atmosphere there. But this one was something else because it was the Euro champions against the world champions, Portugal, France. There were four goals, so much quality on show. And again... Uh, you had Ronaldo up against Benzema. Both players performed very well. And uh, the incredible thing about that match was because it was sold out, because there were 55, 60,000 in the stands, there was so much passion for, from the French, from the Portuguese fans, but there were so many Hungarian fans in the stands on that night. My most special memory for them of the entire tournament was that those fans did have one eye on the result in the other match at the same time, which was Germany, Hungary. And when Hungary scored, because Hungary actually led in that match, the the noise, the celebrations for a match that was happening in Munich was unlike anything I've ever seen before. So again, another incredible experience to me here at Euro 2020.
0: The Johan Cryo Arena in Amsterdam. Uh, I'm sure that must have been a special one, Adriano. Your thoughts, please.
1: A seriously good city, Amsterdam. No doubt about that. And the other special element with Netherlands, the fans are as passionate as it gets. They made obviously wonderful color, great noise, great atmosphere, really friendly people. I really loved my time in Amsterdam. was fortunate to cover the Dutch's first two matches, Ukraine and Austria, 3-2 against Ukraine, 2-0 against Austria. And for them, similarly to Italy, it was a was a special moment because they've gone through a tough time the Dutch footballing wise in recent years they obviously missed the World Cup they've missed other international tournaments so this meant so much to their people and it was a very similar sense to what we saw in Rome with Italy and what we've seen with Italian fans across the tournament obviously the Dutch were eliminated uh, in the knockout stage but it was that added layer of okay we've had a very difficult time globally with COVID but from a footballing sense we haven't been here for some time and just that respect and passion for the game. I love to see it
0: hey i saw uh, on your social media timeline a fab picture of you with the great Bastian schweinsteiger did you exchange some words what kind of a man is he have you interviewed him before uh, just curious because i'm a i'm a massive fan
1: uh, he's a, look he's a great guy Bastian. i i actually haven't interviewed him before but just coincidentally at many many matches i've worked at over the years but particularly here at euro 2020 he has always been beside me so if i've had a platform doing my work somewhere he's always been on the platform beside me and we've exchanged words in various cities some of those cities that i mentioned just now and uh yeah we've just been chatting throughout the course of the tournament and did a little bit of work together at that particular match where we took the photo was the england ukraine quarterfinal in rome of course the last match was played in rome at euro 2020 so yeah a lo- really really lovely guy obviously uh someone who had great success as a player, but an even better person off the pitch. Now I'm
0: just going to, you know, look at some select players who really shone through in the semifinals, across the two semis. Pedri, he's only 18, Adriano. What a midfield uh, masterclass he's given us. He's also in the Spanish squad for the Olympics, so that's great for Pedri fans to know. I'd like you to comment on him.
1: Phenomenal. And when I watch him play, and when I watched Spain play against Italy in that semi-final, in a match where Spain quite clearly were the better team, for large parts quite clearly could have won and quite clearly a player like Pedri was very important, despite his young age and relative inexperience compared to the rest. I have high, high hopes for Spain, particularly heading into next year's World Cup, of course. 18 months away, which I do like for Spain because it gives them an extra six months to, well, really continue this re- revolution of this squad under Luis Enrique. And Pedri, central to it, it's it's amazing to watch him live, a quality play for club and country. And if there is anything to get excited about for Spanish fans, despite the disappointment of the elimination, it's him. It- really is him you watch him live you as similar to what I said with Schmeichel you gain a greater appreciation for for the quality of this young talent and well with only time on his side he's one to watch
0: now everybody's obsessing over Bonucci and Kehlini justifiably so because they're just absolutely fantastic they're ageless timeless both Bonucci and kelini but Spare a thought for Giovanni Di Lorenzo. I mean, really unsung hero for the Italians. The Napoli defender comes into the side because of an injury to uh, Florenzi in that opening game. He's really looked magnificent, hasn't he? And it's such a solid display against Spain. So maybe we need to delve on on him a little bit, please, Lorenzo.
1: Well, Di Lorenzo came into the tournament with many in Italy questioning why he was actually selected because there were a number of I won't say world-class right backs, but very solid right backs in Italy who performed exceptionally well in Serie A, particularly throughout the course of the season, that were snubbed. Di Lorenzo, though, for club, this is this is how he performs. He, he's very, very consistent and does go under the radar. And that's what I think we have seen here at the Euros, the fact that, well, Italy did lose for Florenzi very early on in the tournament, but Di Lorenzo has come in into this Mancini system Yes, alongside Bonucci and Chiellini, which it certainly does help, whether it's just mentally knowing that you've got them beside you, but it certainly does help given all of that experience. But Di Lorenzo has proven that he is more than capable. And it's been one of many, many stories to emerge from this wonderful Italy team that that will be fondly remembered, irrespective of which way the final goes this weekend. So for Di Lorenzo to come in, clearly wasn't going to be the starter at the tournament, but to come in and do the job that he's done now and, and be, well, Reliable. There have been a couple of matches where perhaps he struggled at times, but certainly overall he's been quite reliable, quite consistent. I've loved watching him perform very well, and, and it's great for him, and he deserves everything that, what well, potentially is coming his way this weekend.
0: Well, Luke Shaw, I've been following his career from Southampton, Manchester United. The left back has been fascinating, hasn't he? And especially, you know, his combination with Raheem Sterling uh, down the left, fizzing in those dangerous deliveries. I'd like your reactions on Shaw, please.
1: Well, again, obviously, a story that is well documented. We know the injuries that he's had so you cannot help but be absolutely pleased for this particular player. Sure, a player of real quality. He's now delivering for his national team on the biggest stage and similar to so many individuals coming in for England and Italy this weekend as we just touched on with you Lorenzo, a player who who deserves it all. He's worked harder, as hard as anyone, potentially harder than anyone to be where he is at this point in time and that's what I love about international football. All of the subplots, all the stories that come I mean and look the fact that he has has moved on from some of the worst possible injuries that you can have and the fact that he is doing this at this stage as a fan of England, as an opposing fan of another nation, you can only applaud because it, it's brilliant to watch. And again, why I love international football.
0: And talking about watching, such a delight to watch Kiesa, isn't it? I mean, he's just, how can one describe him? And you lose words, such an enjoyable player. Is, everybody talks about his relentless work ethic. So let's talk about uh, Kiesa, please.
1: Right, He's my favourite player almost to watch in world football at the moment. Uh, Chiesa covered him a lot for Juventus. and a, a player, obviously, who was signed from Fiorentina to Juventus for this season. And a player who came in and some were questioning the price tag. But what you cannot question with this player is that he is still young. He still has a lot of improvement left in him. And if he isn't world-class after this particular particular tournament well it's coming very soon he's a player who plays and you see it he's a player who plays with genuine passion and with that genuine passion comes a work ethic as you touched on that is unrivaled for for anyone in, in world football he leaves it all out there on the park i can tell you i'm not sure if the tv cameras caught it perhaps they did but at halftime of extra time against uh, spain in the semi-final he was down cramping in the hamstrings could barely walk but started the second half now i was watching from the stands thinking i hope that's not an Injury, Because if he's trying to play through it and he injures himself, that could be the final miss. But no, it was cramp. He was trying to stay out there for his team, despite there only being 15 minutes to go. And he plays with that joy, that love, that passion for the game. you have to well we don't see it through everyone and again for me that translates into his performance and that is why he has not only performed so well but why he has improved so much in such quick time and this is a player to watch on the world stage now going forward World Cup next year another big big season with Juventus ahead potentially alongside Cristiano Ronaldo ahead which can only help him improve even more so in an attacking sense he's, he's an absolute joy to to watch to cover to interview to work with he's a wonderful talent
0: now um, it's a tough one to do, but call the final. Who do you think will win, and what what might be the scoreline? I'm not going to hold you to it. We're <laughs> I <mean>, just fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, look, look for me going into this final. Uh, look, it's it's a final. We know that these one-off knockout matches, particularly at international level, absolutely anything can happen. But let's break it down the way that I see this playing out. If we just break down the lines to start with, I think Italy in goal with Donnarumma over Pickford a lot more safe and secure, despite the fact that, well, technically, the defensive record of England, having only conceded the one goal, is better coming in. I think defensively. I think it will be relatively well matched. Both teams haven't conceded too many goals even coming into the tournament. I think Chiellini and Bonucci are very, very well equipped to deal with Harry Kane. I I don't foresee Harry Kane being a problem. I foresee that for Italy that Sterling and his pace against Emerson, against Di Lorenzo, they will need to be cautious there, particularly the runs made into the box. We saw what happened against Denmark. I think they will need to be Oh, well, I think they need to be very, very cautious of he for the entirety of the match. But same must be said for the England back four with Chiesa, with Insigne and obviously Immobile, who hasn't performed that well just yet. But those two wingers for Italy will be key. For me, though, I think the battle will be won and lost in the heart of the park. And it's the midfield trio for Italy of Jorginho Verratti and Barella, which... I can tell you somewhat disappointingly here locally in the media in England not being spoken about positively there have been even some here locally who have suggested that there isn't a world class player amongst that trio now prior to the tournament I had no doubt that Italy's midfield would be the key to their play that Italy's midfield for me I felt was the second best midfield after the French purely on paper the French are incredible quite clearly but I did feel that that trio Jorginho the quality he has shown for Chelsea he is the key he is the cog to Mancini system Verratti who for me he's the best player in the world in his position and Nicolo Barella who may not be known that much outside of Serie A but Barella the Serie A midfielder of the year a young talent who if if he isn't already certainly a world class player of the future so I do feel that the trio the midfield for Italy who were outplayed let's be fair against Spain the likes of Busquets Coque Pedri all the other players in there really outplayed them and made life difficult for them made spaces difficult for them I think that midfield trio for Italy will dictate the play I think they will control possession, with all due respect to the likes of Rice, Phillips and Mounts, I don't think that is that is a, a level playing field. I think the Italian trio will be far too superior there. For, the, for me, then, it is a matter of, well, how does Southgate react? How does he come into this one tactically knowing that it is very likely the Italians will control possession in this match? And look, there's quality up top for both teams. England, not arguably, definitely have the better attacking depth off the bench. We you know that. But Southgate hasn't been using these players frequently. He, uh, I've been very surprised with the fact that quite clearly they have the best attackers possibly in the tournament along with France but we've seen them come and go we haven't seen three or four of them out there on the park together really going for it so I think it could be a very interesting tactical battle but certainly for me this one will be won and lost in the heart of the park
0: My last question is memories from Previous editions of the Euro, memorable goals, memorable teams, you know, uh, something that you look back on, even if you were a kid or as a broadcaster, you went through those editions. Would you share them with us, please?
1: Well, certainly many, many come to mind. Obviously, my my Italian background, I am Australian born, but my my Italian background I've covered and and watched Italy my entire life. The, The minute you mention special memories... I go straight back to the the 2012 Euro Finals. Firstly, maybe not a special memory for me personally, but the Euro Final, the 4-0 win for Spain against Italy, was it was a, a masterclass by Spain. And it was, well, potentially the end of that golden generation that won, of course, 2008-2010 World Cup and then 2012. And watching the quality of that national team, despite it being very disappointing for me at the time, that national team, the quality that they showed there was was something very special. But for Italy to have got there and defeated uh, Germany, of course, in the semi finals, somewhat surprisingly to many, an uh, incredible 2 0. Balotelli's famous celebration, if you can remember that, after a-, a wonder goal there, was certainly a special tournament. But what I have loved about the Euros over the journey, of course, 2004 cast your mind back to when Greece. One against Portugal in Portugal that is one of the most remarkable stories in in sport when we talk about the fact that England are in their first ever Euros final they've obviously never won a European uh, Euros tournament prior but a nation like Greece were able to go the distance make their way through a tricky group and then defeat the hosts on home soil in the final that's what I absolutely love about the international game and I hope we see more of that look at Denmark made a semi-final run here great to see I do feel that the, the club game as much as I do Love my work and my, my passion for the club game transfer fees, money coming in is really dictating the way of play. I mean, look at the look at the deals that Paris Saint-Germain have made this summer. If anyone can compete with them, I'll be very surprised this upcoming season. But in the international game, you have who you have. You can't buy, you can't pick and choose. You have who you have. And I really love that element. And I hope we see many more fairy tale stories to come in, in the years. But certainly there have been so many wonderful highlights over the journey. And I can tell you from a personal perspective, I'm hoping for another one this Sunday.
0: Lovely. Adriano, absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time and your insights. This has been so much fun. I hope to see you in Mumbai city in person very, very soon. Stay safe and healthy. Cheers.
1: Thank you so much. I'd love to visit you soon. Stay well. Thanks for having me.